Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. And we are back. Another episode, another week of the amazing Ami Bros podcast. I'm one third of the trio, better known as the Ami Bros. D-Mart here as your host, ready to talk some sports, some life, culture, with my two amazing brothers here, Jeremy 85 and Jeremy. How are we feeling, fellas, on this fine Friday afternoon? I am feeling great. It is the weekend. Um, it is the weekend. And, you know, I, right right now, it's, it's about time to, to kick back, have a very nice bourbon, watch some football. SEC football starts this weekend. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be lovely, man. I'm 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 excited, man. We we got a lot of stuff on TV, a lot of stuff to talk about. You tell tell my old head when you said it's it's about time to. I immediately thought about the old Mason record. I, I uh, thought the same thing. About going yeah, out head with Redneck VVs. I love it. That that's just yeah. That's sure my age. I think, I, think, I think that record came out in like '99, like high school. But anyway, I want to say '97, uh, but it's '97, yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. I remember I remember listening to Mason on the bus. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Jeremy, how you feeling, man? What's popping in Charlotte? I'm good, man. Uh, nothing much. I I had a similar thought when he said five, four, three, two, one, eliminate. Um, so eliminate. yeah, I go back to eliminate. You don't remember eliminate? Dude, eliminate was amazing. Yeah, eliminate was. I we need more eliminate. Bring back like all those shows, like dude, Blind Date. With like that, Blind Date was great TV. Yeah, yeah, it, it, was. Was, it was amazing. I don't get, I don't get why those shows aren't here. You do? You guys remember hits? Hits from the street. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Hits no, from the street. Show be amazing. But anyway, yeah. um, one more, one more that they could bring back. Do you remember? Uh, what was it? The the one that um the game was on where it was like you could stay with your partner or go with the other person they brought on. That was awesome too. Change of heart. Yeah, change of heart. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it was amazing. Uh, I'm looking at the pre-production, and just uh, so the listeners know, well, first of all, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in to us for another week. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we appreciate, obviously, the feedback, um, hearing some great things. So we're going to c- try to keep it consistent and keep keep everything going, especially going into what I feel is going to be a great season for all sports coming up in the next you know, three to six months. Um, but Jared, it's funny. He started out our list of, of topics to talk about um, with the Saints, being that that's his, uh, his twin brother's team. Um, the first topic is the Saints lose to the Raiders. Is this a big deal or not? Um, and since Jared proposed this as the first question, uh, I'm going to throw it to Jeremy85 and, and let you start with this topic. So let, let me kick this off. I need to preface this by stating I bet a lot of money on the Saints versus the Raiders. Um, I listened to my former um, sharer of a womb, i.e. womate, and he told me, you know what? The Saints have the highest cover percentage on the road in the NFL over the last four years. We're looking at the last Raiders. Six years. Six years, even longer. Yeah. And, and I sat there and I said, you know what? Jeremy's right. I, don't, I, I should trust the Saints more. They're only having to give up four points. It's Monday Night Football. One of the last times I saw Drew Brees on Monday Night Football, he scored a gazillion points versus the Washington football team on the night where he broke the all-time passing yards and touchdown record, I believe, in the same game. Um, and I sat back and I said, you know what? 
Forget it. F it. Let's go big. And you know what happened? Drew Brees decided he wanted to throw the game away. Look, is this a big deal uh-huh. or not a big deal? Depends on the eye of the beholder. It's a big deal if you're expecting to win a Super Bowl. Because I'm concerned if Drew Brees can win you a Super Bowl unless he drastically improves over the next 14 weeks into the playoffs. What we've seen from Drew Brees the first two weeks is what we saw the last game of last season. Now, last season, Drew Brees played excellently throughout his starts except for that game versus Minnesota. 27 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, I think he led the league in, in completion percentage again. He looked amazing. Even that's with missing five starts, I believe it was, five games with, with his injury. Um, yeah. You could throw in almost six because he got hurt in the first half of the game versus the Rams. But here's the problem that I'm seeing right now with Drew Brees. And it may just be a, hey, look, he had a couple bad games and it's not a big deal. But the concern I have is this. Drew has not been able to throw the ball deep down the field consistently for about a year and a half, two years. Um, a year and a half, two years. Drew Brees has not been able to throw the ball down the field consistently in five years. Okay. That's not new. I'm trying to be nice. You know, I, I don't want to crush anybody. Well, well you're, actually being, you're actually being a little worse because – to say that, oh, he can't throw the ball down the field, so he can't win. He had better throw down the ball down the field probably since 2013. What? So here's the thing, though. So I wouldn't say 13. He's been he's been able to throw the ball down the field more recently than that. But at least over the last, I'll take your word, five years, he hasn't been able to throw the ball down the field. But what always saved Drew Brees was he's the most accurate quarterback we've ever seen in the NFL. And what concerned me was there were a lot of open throws, and they were misses. And they weren't that close. It'd be one thing if you're like, all right, timing, maybe this guy was off. He just didn't look like himself. And the concern is if you can't throw it down the field and you can't be accurate underneath shorter routes, then that's a major concern moving forward. If you're looking at Drew Brees, he played a team in the Las Vegas Raiders who do not have a great pass rush. And when you look at their their team – they, he threw 46% of his passes of this game to the running back. If you look at his passing this year, he is the second lowest pass per uh, yards per attempt for the first two games of a season of any player in NFL history. Uh, Can I you believe, tell people who the first was? Is it Tom Brady? No. Uh, it was Brett Favre the year they went to the, to the uh, yes, you're right. game and yeah, lost, was, lost to the Saints. Right. It was well, Brett Favre. What most people call Brett Favre's best season as a pro. Yes. Now, what we remember is Brett Favre then eventually got got in a a rhythm with Sidney Rice. And I think the thing for Drew Brees is this. You could argue and say, look, he didn't get a preseason. He hasn't had a lot of game experience to play from this year. And then you take away his best target of Michael Thomas. Maybe that's it. And it could be. But I think when you're looking at the, the, the way the conference is shaking out, there are a lot of situations that are now becoming a little bit easier for the Saints. You had the 49ers, and we'll get into this a little bit later, had significant injuries throughout their, their team. They're decimated. You, took, you look at the Bucks. you already be head-to-head. You're going to play them again. But in your division, you already got a massive lead. And then you watch the Falcons choke away a large lead. And so you, you, had, a, you, you had a chance to put yourself up roughly a game and a half, two games into the season. And I thought they blew a tremendous opportunity, and it wouldn't be as detrimental had it not been for the fact that they changed the rules so that now there's only one team that gets a bye in the first round. And now you have the Rams who are 2-0, and 
The Seahawks are 2-0. The Packers, who you have a chance of beating this week, but if you lose this week to the Packers, who are going to be without Devontae Adams, you put yourself behind the eight ball and in a really, really bad situation. I don't think you're going to lose, but I think it's, it's really a big deal if Drew Brees is going to play the way he's played the first two weeks of the season. Could not disagree. I actually think it is a big deal. Um, I think we realized that the Raiders are actually a really good football team. I think that's what the big deal is. I'm not the least bit concerned about the Saints. Um, if you ask me this time right now or this time last year, which I was more concerned about, time last year, Drew Brees just tore a ligament in his thumb and we were one and one. Uh, this year, I feel like we're in a much better position. If you look at the Saints as a whole, the Saints have not been 2-0 and since 2013. Seven years. So, uh, overall, I mean, this is kind of where we generally get. Two years ago, we got beat by Ryan Tannehill. I mean, by Ryan Fitzpatrick on, on week one. Um, and then we got robbed of the Super Bowl, and we had no more record in the league. I actually, if we're going to lose a game, I would much rather lose that game. And the reason why is an AFC opponent is really not going to hurt us in the standings for, as far as um, tiebreakers and things of that nature. Um, and then if you look at it, it's, there's so many good teams in the NFC West. I'm not concerned about any of those because they're going to lose at least two times each to each other. Where we have the uh, the AS or the NFC East or the NFC South. So overall, Tampa looks like what I thought they looked like: uh, eight and eight, nine and seventeen. The Panthers aren't good. The Falcons, who I thought would be pretty good, are showing themselves to be uh, complete frauds, like they always are. And, Matt Ryan leaf. Yeah, well, actually, Matt Ryan has been excellent. Um, in fact, uh, Julio Jones, who people were telling me was the best wide receiver in football over Michael Thomas. Ha! Stop it. Um, dropped a touchdown that would have won the game and sealed it. Um, but uh, overall, I'm going to look at it and say it's not a big deal. If you look at the NFC East, nobody from there is going to finish number one. Look at the NFC uh, North, as long as we beat uh, the Packers, we shouldn't have to worry about them. And if you look at the NFC West, they're going to beat up on each other. So I think we have a, a great opportunity to win the number one seed, and I am not the least bit concerned uh, after that game last uh, the other day. So. I, don't, I think it's a big deal for the for the uh, Raiders, and looking at how the Chiefs looked the first week, I mean they could they could actually make a, a run for that division. So uh, keep an eye on them. All right, but let, let's let's get back into. Uh, I want to talk about my team. It was a I'll, I'll I'll give you Jeremy the opportunity to do to me what I just did to you, which is crush part of your dreams. Listen, my Texans are zero two. It has not been a great stretch. Is 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 the game this week versus the Steelers? Is it a must-win game for my Texans? Jared, I must say that it is definitely a must-win game for your Texans. Um, I, I'm going to disagree because your division sucks. <laughs> um, like who who are you guys fighting with? Tennessee, come on, stop it. Um, Tennessee. Overall, Tennessee. we we just saw the Jaguars lose to the Dolphins in a very ugly fashion. Um, I think overall the Texans have an easy schedule that's going to be coming up, and all these other teams are going to have to play tough schedule too. So, um, I'm not concerned about the Texans. The Texans are going to be exactly who I thought they were going to be. Uh, probably a first or second round exit in the playoffs. Um, I do think you know you guys have to worry about one thing this week. It could be a a, a game that's a that's a loss for you guys if you can't keep Deshaun from getting hit. 
and you get him injured, yeah, your season's over. So I would probably uh, keep some tight ends in the game, uh, blocking, chipping, things like that, because that's not what Bill O'Brien likes to do. I'd maybe have some of the quick pass game going. Like everybody talked about, oh, man, the uh, in the Saints game, they really couldn't get pressure. The reason they couldn't get pressure is because uh, John Gruden had a great game plan and got the ball out of his hands really, really fast. Texas should have a game plan like that as well. Don't let Deshaun hold on to the ball when he when he doesn't have the, the line to do so. So yes. over, overall, I think uh, the Texans are probably still going to win this division. Uh, it, I'm not going to say it is a must win. It's a you better win. Um, but overall, I don't see that division going anywhere. Um, so I am not calling this a must win. I will say this. A lot of the sharp money uh, in Vegas has been bet on the Texans. It's, it's the hottest team, the hottest game. It started at, I think, five, and now it's up to four. So there, there, there's a lot of uh, smart money going on the Texans. In the history, or I guess not in the history, since 2003, teams that start 0-2 and, um, and don't cover the spread uh, in either of the two games are 63%, or I guess 63% uh, covering the spread in week three. So uh, overall, you're going to see the Texans fight. I wouldn't be surprised to see some trick plays, things of that nature. And uh, I think they're going to probably come out with a win this week, uh, fortunately for you, Jared, because uh, I've been picking against them the first two weeks. And I was right both times, so maybe me picking um, picking for them, uh, maybe they'll do you some good. Well, let, let's be honest. First two weeks, it wasn't really – I mean, you weren't going out on a limb. Um, I, I didn't want to pick against my team. I thought we had a better chance. The first game, I hadn't seen us play. So the first game, I, I thought we were going to win versus the Chiefs. Because my biggest thing, and if you listen to all the podcasts, was – our offensive line should be better than it's ever been with Deshaun Watson. And that was really the premise of my, my belief was, look, our offensive line, we spent over $40 million this year alone on our offensive line. Over the last four years, we've contributed two second-round picks, three first-round picks, and then a, a contract extension for Zach Fulton. So my thought was, you know what? Our line should at least be good. And you know what? Our line hasn't been good. And the reality of the situation is, until that gets You said that as if Bill, Bill O'Brien spending money on something that's going to mean it's going to be good. Bill O'Brien spent money on David Johnson, but he wouldn't spend it on, uh, on DeAndre Hopkins. So, I mean, that, that, that by itself should... I, I, I would agree. But I, I always say with this, and, and, and at the time, nobody's, nobody can deny, even at the time, I said that it was a terrible, it was a terrible decision to, uh, to get rid of... DeAndre Hopkins in his prime. But with that being said, I also am not going to be a hypocrite and, and pretend like I didn't think that our team still had a good chance of being really good this year. And the reason I thought we had a chance of being really good this year was simple. I looked at it and said, all right, if we have... You have Deshaun. We have, <laughs> that, was your, we have, that was your reasoning. Well, if, Deshaun, that, if Deshaun went off that team, you would not expect him to win four games. I agree. But that, that's every year. I I, I thought... My, my main reason was I said, you know what? We should have the best offensive line that we've had under, I mean, under the, the entire time that Deshaun's been there. And I said, you know, with our speed that we should have on, you know, the offensive end or on, on that wide receiver, we should be able to at least, worst case scenario, control the clock with the run game because you can't load the box and we can throw the ball deep. And what do we do? We literally haven't been able to block. If you look at the first two games, and though it's the toughest two games 
to start a season in like 68 years um, of any NFL team. If you look at what we did, we uh, we simply just gave it away. Um, uh, to be 100% honest, we, we've given up more pressures than any team in the NFL with 57. 57 pressures in two games. I mean, that's that's literally almost 30 pressures a game. Deshaun's getting hit astronomically. And I think you're looking at it and you you have to make the assumption that it's, it should get better. But this week we play the Steelers, who led the NFL in sacks last year. And so do I think this is a game we must win? No, but I agree. It's a better win game. If you look at it, the Texans two years ago went 0-3 to start the season and then ran off nine straight games and ended up making the playoffs and winning the division. Um, I, Jimmy, I don't, Jimmy, y'all don't, y'all don't have that team anymore, though. But that team wasn't good either. I said, <laughs> I said all the time that 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 season they were a bottom five defense, they were a bottom five offensive line. Deshaun got sacked 62 times, which is the most in over a decade for a team that makes the playoffs, and he still was able to will them there. I do agree our, our, our division's not great, and we started strong. We, I mean, we started with a really tough schedule, and the thing, the thing that's going to help us is that the closing schedule, we got a lot of cupcake games. I can't even say cupcakes, because they're, but the games we should win. We should beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals because that defense is awful. We should beat uh, the Browns. If we'll you don't see. stop, Joe, Joe Burrow is not – their defense is terrible, and Joe Burrow is not the quarterback Deshaun is. And I like Joe Burrow, but let's not, let's not get carried away. Yeah. Um, uh, we're still talking about Joe Burrow with uh, about. I mean, he, he looks like this right now. What is he gonna look like in four weeks? I mean, in in uh, four months. But here's the thing, though, Jeremy, is he is he even played a good team yet? Uh, the Chargers look like a good team. They played the uh, Chiefs a lot tougher than y'all did. They they've always played the Chiefs a lot tougher than we did because because of matchups. The Panthers play the the Raiders closer than y'all did. That doesn't mean that the the Panthers are a better team than the Saints. At the end of the day. I, they, the reason I look at the schedule and I say, all right, we got the Bengals, which should be a must win or a, a, a markdown for a win. Browns should be an easy win. We go through the schedule and you start looking at the back half of the schedule. I do think we can get on a run, but we better win the game this week. Yeah, and yeah just, I'll definitely and just agree. For, just for clarity, um, Jared, I'm not concerned about what you said about the Saints. You're generally wrong about them. Continue. <laughs> Jeremy, your Saints lost me. Hey, it wasn't even that much money, but they lost man, about 200, so. two hundred. They lost you two hundred. Mm-hmm. Why are you betting two hundred mm-hmm. on the Saints? And we, no, the Saints never start start the season out great. Oh, oh you should have said that on the podcast last week instead of hey, today. You know, I'm so he talking Jared, about, oh, Jared, good. Jared, did I not tell you I was only betting thirty dollars on the Saints? I told you that. I don't, I don't. I don't like the Saints. Literally, I said it the week before when we played Tampa. I said I'm not putting money. I'm not betting this game because the Saints always start the season out slow and pick up. I told you that before, Jeremy. Jeremy, you were playing the Raiders. Jer, what if the Raiders win 12 games this year? I don't think the Raiders are winning more than eight games this year. I guarantee. I, I'll, I'll bet you right now $50 they finish with more wins than the, than the Texans. I'll take that bet right now. Have you seen their schedule coming easy up? Easy money. Yeah, I have. Oh, easy money. Oh, okay, let's, let's, let's look at it. And, and real quick, D, D I'm going to go through the Raiders schedule. The, this week they play, uh, they play the, the Patriots. What are you thinking, D? Raiders beating the Patriots? I'll give them as good a chance as I give uh, the Texans beating the Steelers. You doggone crazy. No, uh, secondly, the after the Patriots, they play the Bills. That's a loss. Then they play the Chiefs. That's a loss. Then they play the Bucks. Possible loss. Like that. We're we're looking at the Bucks like, are terrible. The Bucks are terrible. Okay, okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'll take that that money and run to the bank with it. 
Okay. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting. Um, but but let's uh let's go ahead and uh keep it on the Patriots. Uh, Cam almost pulled an incredible comeback. Came down to the last play last week. Um, I had quite a, a bit of money on that game too. Um, but great game from Cam, man. He looked great. He actually looked like um what was season two thousand seventeen season. Uh, two thousand fifteen. Um, I think you're thinking about two thousand. Was it 2015 went to the, to the chip? Yep. No, yeah, 2017, y'all lost us in the playoffs. Yeah, tough. It was oh. 2015 when he won MVP. And wow, made wow, tough line. But, yeah, so Cam looked Cam look like the old Cam, and I'm happy to see it. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. What do you think about this Cam performance? Do you think it's going to be um, uh, sustainable? And what do you think about the game versus Russell? Um, I do think it's sustainable. Uh, I think Cam looked great. Um, I expected him to look great. You know why? Because that's a defense that people are starting to look really great against. People, I, I don't think everybody really understands that there are like five teams that run the exact same defense. And it was really innovative when Seattle did it the first time. But now that everybody runs it, everybody's really familiar with it. Which is why Cowboys Seattle is going to be way over um, the line. Just in case you that, that's a book it. You gotta understand, that's, uh, that defense is, is what they practice against all year. So I think uh, you're going to see a, a, a big outpouring. You saw Pan- the Panthers uh, played against the Falcons for the last five years running the exact same defense. So Cam has seen that defense a lot, considering Dan Quinn came from Seattle uh, and was the defense coordinator on their Super Bowl teams. And even though those seasons where they played Seattle like every year in the playoffs, Cam's seen that defense a lot. So um, I am a big, uh, I guess, fan of Cam. I think he's going to be top three in MVP voting at the end of the season, um, mainly because – these are all the weapons that people made excuses for with Brady last year uh, when Brady was just terrible. So um, I expect him to win the division, maybe a top three or four seed in the, in the AFC. I'll say top three because I don't think they're going to beat the Ravens or the Chiefs. Um, although next week, you never know. might be my pick. I might bet. Right now the line is uh, is Patriots plus seven uh, against the Chiefs. I might I might take that line. Maybe, maybe tease it and tease it up to seven and a half. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, going to be sustainable. Jeremy, while, while while we're on this, what do you think about Russell's performance over the last two weeks? It's been pretty crazy. What, what's your what's your thoughts on Russell? Um, Russell is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. One of the best quarterbacks ever. If we really want to be honest. Um, very underrated. Um, it takes me back to proving how wrong Jared um and others were in that draft because after that first year, Jared was stating that RG three is the best quarterback. And I can't remember who it else. Somebody was tell, telling me it was Andrew Luck, and I told you you're both wrong. It was Russell Wilson, and none of you guys wanted to give me credit on it. And for years, Jared argued to me that Colin Kaepernick was better than Russell Wilson, um, and I told him that was nonsense. And now you're seeing the results. I was right the entire time. Listen, I, I think one of the things we can look at is say this: Jeremy has a, an affinity for picking guys who don't seem like they're very good and sticking with them, and occasionally they hit. Occasionally, he gets a Kawhi where he's he's been saying Kawhi was better than Jimmy Butler and and Paul George for years, and you and, and Kawhi pops and you're like, okay, cool, makes sense. Russell same way, but then you get a litany of Justice Winslow is going to be a perennial All Star. Jabari Parker is going to be better than LeBron in two years. Brandon Ingram now is going to be the best player in the league in two years. Like and so I look. Well, look. Brandon Ingram has proved me right. I mean, you got to understand, Brandon Ingram went from averaging nine points a game. To 16 points a game, to 18 points a game, to 24 points a game in his first four years. You are like yeah. that's like a bad pick. <laughs> so, so that means now in four years he's going to be averaging 43. Like at the end of the day, Jeremy, I, I will give him credit for this one. 
but Jeremy is the guy who, who takes the Charles Barkley approach of, man, the, the, the Portland Trailblazers are going to sweep the Lakers. And then afterwards, you don't hear anything about it. Like- the Portland Trailblazers. Ernie, let me tell you something. I, I, see, I'm, I'm going to go to my Charles Barkley impression. But listen, let me get back into the actuals and the factuals. Cam Newton and the Patriots are, are, are something going to be hard to deal with all year. Look, I I was a little bullish on them. I, I thought they would be pretty good. I, I picked them to win a division, but I didn't see this. I didn't see Cam Newton all of a sudden looking like old Cam. Like And, and, and to, to follow it up, I've said this for years, and people will be like, oh, no, you, you're taking this thing too far. So back in, when people were blogging, you know, which was a while ago when people were actually blogging. I had started a blog, a sports blog, and I had something called the 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 demise of the black quarterback was my the title of the article. And I talked about how black quarterbacks, when they play and they're thriving, people love them, but they cannot have a bad season. They're not allowed to. White quarterbacks can have a bad five years, and a Jay Cutler will still be in a in a broadcast booth. Somebody gets injured, they're like, "Hey, look, Jay." We'll pay you $10 million to come quarterback the Dolphins, even though you've never been good in your career. But a Cam Newton, think about this, former league MVP, who looked like an MVP candidate, was a top five MVP candidate before he got injured a year and a half earlier. Took a now, five- I'll, I'll push against that. He did not look like that. They played a, like five of the worst teams in history, and they had a, he had an average, average points per, per game. He just had a high completion percentage. They, they still were. They were, they were five and two. And they, they, he was a top five MVP candidate at that point in time. And so when you look at it, black quarterbacks don't really have the opportunity to have bad seasons. RG3 has not gotten a second look. But Ryan Tannehill's getting that second look, right? You look at all these guys that get the, these, these extra Didn't opportunities. he go to the Browns and he start for the, like 10 games? He, he started for 10 games, got injured. But he went to the Browns team that, did, that, that won one game. That won one game in two years. I don't really consider that a legitimate opportunity. I mean, the I'm not I'm the, not pushing it back against the theory. I'm just pushing back against some of these. Scenarios I, I will tell you up. this: if we're looking at this, Ryan Tannehill had year and year and years of injuries with the Dolphins. RG three had one year of getting injured, and then the the next year they they were they were benching him before the end of the year, and then they benched him. I think three games into the following year. After his MVP, you look at Vince Young was a really good player who got sabotaged. You can go, I can go through the list, the, the list of how quickly they pulled the plug. And I think this is, and, and we talked about this when we talked about the Mitch Trubisky pick over uh, Deshaun Watson and over Patrick Mahomes. And some people try to say, oh, that, that had nothing to do with race. But clearly it did. Because the reason that a guy like a Cam Newton is having to wait 86 days for a job when clearly Cam Newton when healthy as a top 10 quarterback in the league. This is insane. It's asinine. It's absolutely asinine. And yeah. I just don't get it. Uh, I'm not sure if he's healthy as a top 10 quarterback, but he played, he played like one other day. Um, but Jeremy, like top, you, I just saw your thing on like, Twitter talking about GMs being sheep, which yeah, I agree yeah. with. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Like, I'm not – Cam should have got picked up a long time ago. But even if it wasn't, hey, I thought he should have got picked up back when it was like, hey – you can get this guy for $12, 13000000 million. He's making less this year than Nate, Nate Peterman. Yep. Who literally has 10 pass attempts in his career and five of them are interceptions. 
Um, so, I mean, overall, he and Jameis Winston combined are making less money than uh, what's the guy's name? He played in Missouri. Uh, that's like Chase Daniels. Beach, Chase Daniels. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I I 100% agree with this. Um, now, Jared's example of Vince Young. Vince Young was a very good quarterback. Um, Vince Young, real and, quick, real quick, because because to say that Vince Young's last 16 starts with the Titans, he had 20 touchdowns, 10 picks, over 100 quarterback rating, and went 12 and four. In his career, doesn't he have more interceptions than touchdowns? Uh, he does, but you have to remember though, <laughs> at that at that point in time, I mean, Joe Namath had Jared, more. He's not even 500 in in. Touchdowns to interceptions. But you I mean, but, I like this. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, remember. Jared, that, think, that, think about that, it. People, people are ready to move on. No, move on from uh, Carson Wentz, and Carson Nobody's Wentz has to move on from Carson. But here's 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 what you got to remember. At that point in time, that that touchdown to interception ratio, literally, Brett Favre barely is above 500 with touchdown to interception ratio. And, and and you look at like Joe Namath is below 500 with touchdown to interception ratio. And if you look at it, yeah, like Vince Young played in that same era. Let me finish though. Vince Young, if you look at his last 16 starts, he was 2-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. So if you want to factor in, like, all right, yeah, his rookie year, he wasn't a, a proficient passer. But you still got to look at he was running the ball extremely well. And because of his ability to run the ball, they were able to control the clock. That was why Chris Johnson was able to have a 2,000-yard season. And he was winning games. And you can't tell me that there was 64 quarterbacks better than Vince Young. Vince Young couldn't get backup roles for consistent periods of time. So I think at the end of the day – we look at it and say, this is another example of why a lot of times black quarterbacks don't get that opportunity. Yeah. I, I'm still yeah, pushing that. I, 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 <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, so, yeah, let's let's keep moving. Uh, it's definitely some terrible news. Um, I don't know what was going on with the field up in New York, but a bunch of players, not just only in New York, but just around the league, a bunch of players are unfortunately injured. Um, and it seems like most of them were just, you know, straight up just ACLs, which is very, very sad being that these guys put in so much work to then not even get to, you know, showcase their talents, um, you know, past week two, you know, so it's, it's definitely, um, definitely heartbreaking to see, but let, let's talk about these injuries. Um, let's start with you, Jerry. What do you, what do you think about that? And he, what team do you feel like is going to be most affected by these? Well, I think when you look at the injuries, there's, the team that is probably most affected, and then there's the team that's probably um, – I'll put this in perspective. The Broncos are probably the most affected team because they lost their starting quarterback, and they've already lost Von Miller, and they lost their starting number one receiver in Cortland Sutton. And so they've, they've had a lot of losses. Um, but I never thought the Broncos were going to be very good to begin with. So I'm not – I don't really think that's a huge – oh, this changes your franchise. Only reason it maybe changes your franchise is maybe now you end up with, I don't know, the first pick in the draft, end up getting Trevor Lawrence, end up with a top three pick in the draft, end up getting Justin Fields. Like That's really the – and when I look at it and say, all right, how good is Drew Locke? Like, I don't know if he's good enough to where I would bank my franchise on him. Like, I don't know if he's that good. He's good enough that I wouldn't draft Trevor Lawrence. No, 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 no. I don't think there's a t- there's a. If I have the number one pick in the draft, I'm driving Trevor Lawrence. I don't care if I'm the Texans and I get the number one pick in the draft. I'm driving Trevor Lawrence. Now I may I may use him as trade bait to get five first rounders or something. But Trevor Lawrence is probably the most valuable asset we've had in the league since Andrew Luck was drafted. But Trevor Lawrence is not that good. I mean, I, I would trade the pick. I I wouldn't draft him. 
Yeah, but Tre- Trevor Lawrence has had like I I don't get why like the narrative and this happens when a guy is really highly touted is that people start to say, oh he's really not that good you know Andrew Luck he, he's really not that good either you know all the all these Andrew guys, Luck was overrated. He was, except the fact he got to the league and immediately took a, a bad team and won 11 games with them. They weren't a bad team. They were literally a 14-2 and two team. They got a injured quarterback, and then they put a poor back in his place, and he went 9-7. and seven. But, Jeremy, you can say that, but you still got to remember that the year before they were 2-14. and 14. Jeremy, but you can't – the one thing you do is you will argue that Lamar Jackson in the perfect situation. You can't argue Lamar Jackson's in a great situation and say, well, look at their record the last three years or four years before he got there, and they didn't make the playoffs one of those years. And now, but then on the other side, say, oh, Andrew Luck went into a terrible team, and then that's when I started winning. It's the same thing. But Jeremy, but Jeremy, the year before he got there, they were literally two seconds left on the clock for them to make the playoffs, and they gave up a 60-yard touchdown pass. Like, I'm not going to say that, oh, and, and that was with awful quarterback play. That was with Joe Flacco. But, but, so, not, so are, you, are, you, are you telling me Joe Flacco wasn't better than the backup quarterback from the, from the Colts? Come on. Oh, of course, like he's, Super Bowl of course he's better than the, the backup quarterback for the Colts. But what you're, you have to realize is when you looked at the Colts roster, the Colts had a terrible offensive line. They had a, a, a really injury-ridden wide receiving core. T.Y. Hilton was drafted in that same draft with Andrew Luck, which was a good pick. But T.Y. Hilton was a six-rounder. They had, Literally, they, during the time where they won 14 games, which you're speaking of, they had Reggie Wayne at, at wide receiver. They had Pierre Garçon at, at wide receiver. They had a lot of guys. Pierre Garçon by that point in time was with the was with the Redskins. So you had a lot of guys on that roster who were really, really good who were no longer there. When Andrew Luck got there, they had no offensive line. They had no semblance of a run game. And he still won 11 games. So I, I think when you look at it and you say, all right, who – if I'm building a team, Trevor Lawrence is, is – I'm, I'm sorry. He's as good as a of a slam dunk can't miss draft pick as we've had in the last 20 years. No, he's not as good. He's not as good a quarterback as the one who just went in front of him. I just went number one. Um, Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown an interception in literally 10 games. He's had 30. Oh, he didn't throw any interceptions against against, uh, LSU? uh, Nope. And he didn't throw an interception versus Ohio State. And and you look at passes. He did not have a great game there. But we're going to ignore that he dominated the national championship the year before, that he went there and won a national championship as a true freshman for the first time since 1985. Like, the the, the reality of the situation is I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's 23 years old. Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson. So when you're comparing, like, oh, he's not as good. Like, you can make the argument if you want to say that. But, like, that's like me trying to make the argument of, Who's the better prospect between the dude who came out of college and the high school tennis player who is a significantly more talented player and has the likelihood of being a better player down the road? That's really what we're dealing with. Yeah, I, I'd argue that you made the exact same argument with Ben Simmons, who was two years older than Brandon Ingram. But um, I still take Ben rest. Simmons over Brandon Ingram. <laughs> I wouldn't take Ben Simmons over Doug Alonzo Ball. They had, I, was, I was listening to – and I'll, I'll let you get back to it. I was listening to a uh, Philadelphia Sports Talk uh, show the other day. They asked who was more disappointing, Ben Simmons or Carson Wentz. I mean, that, that's a reasonable argument. He was injured. Both of them are injury prone. This is the first time Ben Simmons has been injured since his rookie year. No, he missed multiple games last year. Okay. But let's get back on topic. As I mentioned, Cam Newton, he clearly has proven my point. The black quarterbacks don't get an opportunity to have bad seasons. I actually, to be honest, real quick, I, I was on um, the Stephen A. Smith radio show a couple a couple years back, and it was when he was on vacation, and Linda Cohn from ESPN was the person that was doing it. 
And I talked to her about black quarterbacks don't get a chance to play bad. And I said, you'll see. I said, if, if, I said, if Cam Newton has a bad season, they'll get rid of him in Carolina. And she said it was laughable. Well, who's laughing now, Linda Cohn? Yeah. Um, I will say this. One, one more bad Drew Brees week, and uh, we're going to get to see a black quarterback in New Orleans. Uh, go, Jameis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ on that. There's there's actually been, like, a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, should we see Jameis? Now, I don't want to see it yet, but um, there's a, there's definitely a, a lot of um, people saying that. Mm. I mean, unless you guys want to start throwing more interceptions. <laughs> Anywho. Nah. Let's get let's get to some NBA, Demar. Yeah, let's talk some NBA. A lot of a lot of football going on, and uh, definitely a little disappointed that the NBA season is wrapping up. But it's been some pretty good basketball. So let's talk about it. Um, what do you want to start with? Let's talk. Let's start with the uh, start with the Heat. Uh, my boy Tyler Hero has just been lighting, absolutely lighting the court up. Um, what do you guys think about him? And, and what do you are you guys surprised about the Heat being up three one in the series? Um, I think the was game is game five tonight. It is. It is tonight. Yeah, because we record on Friday, just for people that are uh, maybe listening to this on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see this game tonight. Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. What do you What do you feel about this uh, Miami matchup and them closing closing the series out? Um, I actually am enjoying watching the Heat play. Uh, for one, you remember when Eric Spoelstra couldn't coach and LeBron's never had a great coach? I remember that. Okay, just want to double check. Um, nobody said Eric Spoelstra couldn't coach. We said Eric yeah. Spoelstra was not a Hall yeah. of Fame coach. Uh, he looks like a Hall of Fame coach to me. He does like a Hall of Fame coach. He does like one right now. I agree. Yeah, you did say that you, that LeBron had Spoelstra was not the level of coach that LeBron needed, and he was not. Very I said good. no. I said I said LeBron is not the level of coach of a Phil Jackson or a Greg Popovich, which we're discussing. He was out coached by Greg Popovich in those series, and he clearly wasn't the coach Phil Jackson was. I, yeah, that's, that's undeniable. Uh, that's not undeniable because Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. He's never won without anybody else. Those guys never won without Phil Jackson, though. Okay. Um, which one do you think is more is, is uh more meaningful? Well, I can tell you, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe and Jordan played for a combined thirty five years. They had during those thirty five years, they played seventeen years with Phil Jackson and eighteen years without him. And the eighteen years without him, they won zero titles. In the 17 years they played when he was the coach, they won 11 titles. I think okay, there's, a good, so, there's a good reasoning behind that. Yeah, there is. Um, how many of those did they have an all-star teammate? And they Shaq were over. And, and, they, and, and, and they were over. And they're over 19. Oh, zero. Okay, cool. Just double checking. Um, oh, Jeremy, Jeremy <laughs> he didn't have Dwight Gasol. I mean, I mean, you can count. You can count that season if you want to say Kobe missed the playoffs with a torn Achilles. But I mean, I'm not counting seasons he didn't play the playoffs. Jeremy, even if you're you're saying, oh, I'm not going to count that, count that season, which I think is understandable, he still had a season with Gasol where they lost in 2011. 2011, uh, what's called his coach? Phil Jackson. Right. But at the, at the end of the day, you can look at, at why do, why does Kobe not have Shaq? It was because Kobe said, if y'all sign Shaq, I'm leaving. So, like, I can't blame the rest of the team. And I'm not going to get into a whole Kobe narrative. We'll get off of it. But we can't act like Eric Spolstra is the coach of Phil Jackson when Phil Jackson's at 11 rings. Like, we just can't Ooh. do that. Phil Jackson never took a team like this to the conference finals, ever. He took Scottie Pippen's team to the conference finals. No, they went to the conference semifinals and they lost it. Oh, yeah, they went to the conference semifinals with, with Scottie Pippen without Jordan. Like, at the end of the day, uh, we're not going to act like 
Scotty, I like like Phil Jackson is not a better coach than Eric Spolstra. Jared, Jared, let me ask you a question: um, Is anybody on this Heat team better than Scotty Pippen was in 1994? Uh, no, but I think the collective group is significantly better. Yeah, right. Quit playing. Uh, B.J. Armstrong, Doug Horace Grant, Tony Kukoc, uh, Scotty Pippen, uh, was Steve Kerr on those teams? I think John Paxson was still on those teams. Uh, you had Craig Hodges. Are you kidding me? Jeremy, if you're you're looking first off, Kukoc was a rookie. Steve Kerr wasn't on that team yet. He was 28 though. I mean, he 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 wasn't huh. like a rookie coming in. Steve Kerr wasn't on that team yet, and they were. They, Horace Grant was good, but you're looking at, at the Heat have. Goran Dragic, former All-Star who's leading the league, leading the team and scoring with over 21 a game. Jimmy Butler, a perennial All-Star. Bam Adebayo, an All-Star. You got uh, my guy, freaking Tyler Hero, who's putting up great numbers. You got Kendrick Nunn, who was a runner-up for, for Rookie of the Year. You got uh, the uh, – what's my, my other guy's name? Uh, yeah, Jay Crowder, you got Iggy, who got veteran presence. You got Duncan Robinson, who's leading the NBA in, in catch-and-shoot three with the highest percentage in the history of the league on catch-and-shoot threes. You got – I mean – you go through that roster, and you, you, you even – I mean, they're like 10th guy was was a big signing, which is uh, – I can't think of Cat's name that came from a um, white guy that played at Gonzaga and played it with the Celtics who came over, who played center and shoots the three. Olenek. Uh, Olenek, Kelly Olenek. So at the end of the day, like – They're uh, not the talented. Okay. At the end of the day, I'll show you what this series is. This series is why analytics don't make sense. Uh, and I'll tell you. This team is built on grit and heart. The Celtics are a much better team. Player for player, they're a much better team. But this is why uh, the Kobe's and that Mamba mentality gets overlooked when people go, oh, well, look at the shooting percentage and look at this and look at that. You know why? Because you got to have that dog. And the, and the Heat have that dog. And the Celtics just don't. Kimba Walker is not who is everybody who, who exactly who I told you guys he was. He's not that guy. Um, he's the reason why they're losing the series. They could really use a Kyrie right now. Um, I, could, I didn't at, see Kyrie taking over last last year's playoffs. Uh, Kyrie was playing against a much better defensive team than this uh, oh. Wichita team. Oh. And Kyrie still put up way better numbers than Kim Kimba Walker's putting up. Kimba Walker's barely scoring. Um. So and, and and let's not even talk about the attention he's getting. Kimba Walker's not getting first player attention. You get second or third best player attention. Um, so overall, uh, the Celtics are the more talented team. They probably should have won all four games if you look at where they are in, in shooting and, and all, the, all the stats. But the Heat are just grimy, and I love it. Jimmy Butler is the most underrated player in the league. I've been saying it forever. Jimmy Butler joined a very similar team as LeBron did in L.A. They had more success, and nobody made excuses. He had the same exact injury type as LeBron. So um, – Jimmy Butler, everywhere he goes, they they win. And I'm happy to see him getting the credit he finally deserves. So uh, go Heat. I think they could give the Lakers uh, maybe a slight scare. I expect the Lakers to win. But Bam is probably the best player in the league to guard Anthony Davis. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler will do a solid job on LeBron with uh, Iggy. Um, and I think they got a lot of three-point shooters. The problem I think they're going to have is they're not going to be able to put up enough points. But the person who probably is best equipped to go against uh, LeBron Maybe Spolstra, who knows what LeBron wants to do and how he likes to play. Um, so I'm interested to see it. I know Pat Riley is. Yeah, I definitely am too. 
Uh, did we already talk about this? The Lakers being up three one, or do do we need to get into that Wait, as well? We, we haven't talked about it, but let, let me. I haven't. Even yeah, that's what I thought too. Let's talk about. Let's oh, talk real, about real these quick, Lakers, did. man. I, I haven't yeah. even talked about the Heat yet. Let me let me get into this. Yeah, you talked for five, seven minutes about the Heat. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, you. Go ahead, go ahead, I didn't get, talk about the Heat. You, you off, talked man. about. You brought up that I said Eric Spoelstra wasn't the coach that Phil Jackson is, and we talked about Eric Spoelstra. When I talk about the series, I don't think the series is over. To be a hundred percent honest, I think both series. Now. I, when I look at the series with the with the Lakers and the the uh, Nuggets, I think there's a, a you can realistically look at it and say, all right, this series really hasn't been as close as the numbers say. Because I think you could look at it and say, all right, there is a you know you could you could realistically look at game two. Lakers tr- controlled the entire game. They they got whoa whoa y'all got lucky to win game two. No, no, Jeremy, the Lakers were up 15 points. Literally, the the Nuggets did not take their first lead after they, they they led the first two minutes of the game. They didn't take another lead until a minute to go in the game. So you could say, oh yeah, well they got lucky because he made a shot. But the reality of the situation is that they, they had no business really being in that situation to begin with, um, because the, the only reason the only reason they were there was because of the fact that um, you had a situation to where the Lakers got a little lazy. You know, LeBron hitting threes early in the game, and they kind of allowed them to get, in, get get into a rhythm. The reality of what's going on with the Heat, the Heat have been outplayed three of the four games. You could make an argument they've been outplayed in all four games. And they've closed games, they, and, they've been they and, and, and they've been able to close things out. But I saw the same thing happen when, when I looked at the Nuggets playing versus the Jazz, and I said, oh, I think the Nuggets are – or probably now there were some games they got blown out in, but there were there were some games where they I got looked, blown out in three games, three three losses. No, two two losses they got blown out in. Uh, and and I looked at it and I was like I was like okay, I still think the Nuggets' best is better than the Jazz's best. I just see the the Jazz having these hero performances coming in from uh, Jamal I mean, from uh, Donovan Mitchell, and I'm seeing the same thing from a Tyler Hero. Man, if I told you in the game, Tyler Hero goes for. 37 points on 14 of 21 from the field. Jason Tatum doesn't score a point in the first half. And it's a in the, the Celtics have the lead in the last four minutes of the game. Like, I I, I don't really think the Celtics are. But, but, at, but that's the way you're looking at it. I look at it and say, if I told you the Celtics are going to shoot a higher three-point percentage, a higher field goal percentage, have more rebounds, have more assists, and still lose the game, what would you say? I'd say, man, they must have turned the ball over 17 times, which is what they did. So I think at the end of the day, I still expect the Celtics to win tonight. And if they win tonight, pressure goes back on Miami. I don't think the Celtics are out of the series by any stretch of the imagination. I I would look at that and say, um, I think that from the Lakers standpoint, I think the Lakers are fortunate to be where they are right now. I think the differential in foul calls last yesterday really helped the Lakers out because I don't feel like they outplayed the Nuggets. Um, Did I just you feel like that's the first three games? I mean, the Lakers are taking far more free throws in the whole in the series than the Nuggets. Have, actually, so. actually, the Lakers and the Nuggets have both taken 113 free throws this series. I'll, I'll say this: that game changed when LeBron didn't get called for that foul on uh, on Jamal Murray, and then they got a three point play on the other side of the floor. That's where the game changed. It was a four point game. Jamal Murray should have been sh- shooting two free throws on the other side to make it a two point game. Overall, I looked at this game and said, the, literally, the Nuggets were in foul trouble the entire game. Nobody on the Lakers was. And they're allowing Dwight to get physical, but then they'll call the Tiki Tech files on LeBron. I agree with what Mike Malone said. Hey, I'm going to uh, go through the proper channels and see if we can get those same calls like the Lakers were getting last night. Um, so, overall, I think that's what you're going to see. 
I expect them to make a run. I expect them to get definitely win game game three. Or sorry, uh, the game five. five. Four, was it five? Uh, yep. I think the series is going to come down to game six. If they win game six, I think they're going to win the series. Well, let's let's parse the words that you just said because they didn't make any sense. Let's get into first off. Lakers were in foul trouble. Marcus uh, Markeith Morris fouled out of the game. Dwight was in foul trouble and had to leave, didn't come back in, mostly in the second half with four fouls. They did have guys in foul trouble. If we're looking at, okay, well, why did LeBron have to go and talk to them? It's because LeBron took two free throws the previous game. And you know why he got those two free throws? Because he got elbowed in the head while not driving, which means LeBron the previous game drove the ball 15 times, and they said not one time were you fouled. Do we think that's reasonable? Of course not. And and we're looking at the game. There's not a there's not a person who could have watched that game and said, "Man, that that was a foul that shouldn't shouldn't have been called." I can't see why. Oh, they I, I, I saw foul. a few that I thought that should have been called. I saw a Name few. One. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a, like in my mind where I where I remember the play, but I remember a bunch of things going. Nah, that's pretty ticky tack. You can say it's ticky tack, but it, LeBron should get more foul calls. The 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 fact of the matter is that I'm hearing he get more offensive foul calls too. Oh, I I, I disagree. I think that the reality of the situation is when you're looking at LeBron and you're saying, all right, you've played this amount of games. You're, 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 you, and you're not getting any free throw attempts. You look at the first three games of the series, LeBron had 10 free throws in three games, 3.3 free throw attempts per game. Like, that's not reasonable. None of us think that's a reasonable amount of free throws for LeBron to be taken. And so everybody that is now on this bandwagon of, Oh yeah, LeBron had to get them to give him calls. Well, they should have gotten the calls. That, like, that was not available to a former generation of players. They couldn't go on to the league and say, "Hey, give Phil me more Jackson calls." Didn't, Phil Jackson didn't get on a press conference every freaking game when his guys. Uh, that's the difference between that, that's the difference between hey, I'm gonna lobby for it in a press conference, and hey, I'm gonna put together this this, this tape of all the times I feel like we should have gotten calls and sent into the league so we can get better calls next game. Well, that's that. what you're supposed to do. The reality of the situation is the NBA has told people, players and coaches, do not talk about officials publicly in press conferences or we will find you. The best way of doing it is to go through the proper protocols, which is putting together a game tape so we can look at it and see if the there's a proper protocol is actually the man up. Um, well, the man up was he went in there and he got the dub, and that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, the, the series between the Lakers and the Nuggets is over. LeBron has closed out. 14 straight series where he's had a 3-1 lead. He's won 14 straight yeah. playoff. I agree that, but I, I wouldn't say LeBron's closing anybody out. Yeah. In this situation, AD's definitely closing y'all out, not LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron closed that this game last night. Just to LeBron, but just watching it, like LeBron's no, AD, not closing these games out. No, last night, LeBron closed the game out. If you look at that, that game last night, it was – I mean, you could probably, may, maybe say defensively, defensively but he didn't Defensively, he did, and you got to look at – Defensively, he got away with a foul. Yeah, he did, but I – I don't think any of us saw that live and was like, oh, man, that was a foul. I saw it live and was like. That's the rough job. <laughs> but, Jeremy, it was, a, it was a play where unless you slowed it down, it looked like he got blocked. He literally. Jerry, and, did, I, I didn't think he got blocked. And I saw from the other angle, it was a clear foul. He hit him on the, he hit him on the wrist. Like the referee that's no, standing he, right he, there has got to call hit him on the hand. But at the end of the day, I think if you're, if you're looking at the situation and trying to figure out, all right, who do I trust, LeBron or these guys who have never been here before, it's clearly LeBron. This is why we're winning the title. And I told y'all we were winning the title. As Jeremy said, I told you so about Russell Wilson 18 years ago. Well, you know what I told you? I told you the Lakers were going to win a title. I told you. And guys, be prepared. You guys that don't remember this, 
I last year when we got eliminated from the playoffs, and I was hearing all this mad talk. I was hearing all these people talking. Oh man, what about LeBron? I thought LeBron was a goat. LeBron can't do anything when he plays in the West. And you know what I did? I went on Facebook and I did my duty. I got on there and I said, everybody who thinks LeBron's not winning a title in LA, I want you to comment on this post. And everybody did. And I saved it. Why did I save it? Because I knew this day would come. Jerry, I knew there would come a day Th- that's, where I look you in the face and I would say, I told you so. <laughs> here, here, here's the thing. This is where this is where Le- LeBron fans annoy me. There's when, when was the last time somebody said, "Hey, I bet if LeBron got a first team All NBA teammate, he couldn't win in the West." Nobody ever said that. That's never been said about LeBron because people have seen James Harden and, and players who most people say are lesser than LeBron have success in the West. Nobody ever said that. They said, "Oh, LeBron is dominating the East because he's not in the West." You know how that was proven? When he got beat in the playoffs to the other team in the West. That's when it was proven. It's not like a, 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 a foregone conclusion, like, oh, man, he would he would have been doing it in the West. No, because he would have. He wouldn't have been getting swept in the finals. So, so Jeremy, answer, day, answer this question for me, though. When LeBron was winning the East and you said he couldn't do it in the West, did he have first-team All-NBA players on his team? Uh, No. Dwayne Wade wasn't a first-team All-NBA player? Not when he was losing. Was, Ky- was Kyrie Irving a better player than Anthony Davis, in your opinion? Yes, he was. Yeah. So he was doing it, and y'all still were saying he couldn't do it in the West. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to hear about we all. Is Steph Curry playing right now? Did did Steph Curry play last year? Is Kevin Durant playing right now? We we, we, we have to look at it and say, I mean, hell, I I could give you somebody could bring it up and say you you said Hakeem couldn't win a title. Yeah, Michael Jordan's not playing. At the end of the day, I I gotta see this. I gotta see this against somebody. Jeremy, I don't want to hear that when you told me you didn't think the Lakers. You thought it was a good chance the Lakers wouldn't make the playoffs. And secondly, what was my reasoning? Your reasoning was because of the fact that you said LeBron and AD were two of the most five most overrated players in the NBA. Uh, that's not what I said. I said there, the reason they wouldn't is because you you're going to have two of the most injury-prone players in the league. I said Anthony Davis gets hurt every year. LeBron just got injured. He's probably going to get injured again. That was my statement. Jeremy, you didn't call them two of the most overrated players in the history of the league? I, I, I've always called them the most overrated players in the history of the league. But, I mean, the, the, the you you've always go to overrated means they're not good. I say LeBron's the ninth best player in history. So when people say he's the second, that makes him overrated. That doesn't mean he's not good. I well, say Anthony Davis is the most let, overrated player in history. I say he's David Robinson. People are trying to say he's the best power forward in history. That's when I say he's nobody overrated. Nobody has said Anthony Davis is the best power forward in history. You never heard it pull up anywhere. Who, who said it? Uh, Max Kellerman said it. Your boy um, from uh... – And Max Kellerman didn't say he was the best power forward ever. He said if you look at, at his skill set, you can make the argument that he's the most he said, talented power forward no, ever. He, he, nobody he said, said he was better if, than he, he, he said if picking a player in his prime, I would take him over every power forward in history, and that includes Tim Duncan. Well, at the end of the day, you have to look at – that's one of the dumbest sports commentators we have. Like, at the, like we're, we're, nobody's basing their ideas on, oh, this is what Max Kellerman said. Nobody is, nobody ever has, nobody ever will. I'm really surprised that he still kept kept that job. And I, that's probably not a, a on air uh thing that I should say. But I I'm just I mean, it's not like he's bad, but he's he's, he's terrible. Uh, I mean I He's great he's great on he, social. He's issues. he's a boxing he's a boxing analyst, but I gotta respect his hustle. He's able to, to stay to get on first take, first of all. And he's been able to 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 you know, sustain that position for what? It's got to be at least five or six years now. No, since um, no, it's since only been four. Skip left. 
It's four years. Four. I mean, yeah. I, that's that's. I mean, I, I really don't like his takes, but you know, other than that, you got to respect his hustle for sure. Yep. Yeah, you do. Over, overall, I would say this, Jared. Um, I I will give LeBron credit for winning this year. I think he's been great. Do I think that there's anybody who I would put as a top ten player in history that could play with all the talent LeBron played with and not have at least four rings? Jeremy, Jeremy, oh. answer his question. Tell me the <laughs> talent on this roster outside of him and AD. Tell me, wait, please relax. Please relax. Let me finish. Okay. You tell me this, the third best player in this series has been KCP on the Lakers. You tell me the wait, title wait, team. Wait, not, not Rondo? It's not Rondo. No, Jared, that's not true. Oh, oh Ron, Rondo's been the third. But Rondo has a, Rondo's played well. It's not, but he's game. been the third best KC, player. KCP. Rondo's a, a KC, Hall of Famer. Listen, KCP. They, they only the got four Hall of Famers, Damon. They need more. No. KCP is, or we add like two of those are in their prime at all. Rondo's not. Well, no, no, because when you bring up his first, Rondo's I'm playing gonna... prime basketball, Jared. Right, Come right. On now. No, Rondo's averaging eight points and seven assists. We're not going to add That's like Rondo. Rondo. He, he, he's averaged that for his for his entire no. career. It's not about his Rondo points. in his prime was averaging sixteen points a game in the playoffs and giving you twelve assists and ten rebounds. Jared, like, I'm not, question. Rondo's great. I take nothing away from Rondo. Rondo has been extremely, extremely important. But KCP yeah, has had you take away the help to make your boy. No, I'm not. Feel I'm like telling he's you, doing more. KCP is averaging double digits and has had over double digits in seven straight games. He has had over two threes in six straight games. Our most reliable player we've had outside of LeBron and AD has been KCP. KCP is the better defender out of out of him and Rondo. And Rondo has been no, hey, no. If Ron, you want to almost if you wanna, won game three. You, even if you want to tell me Rondo's the third best player, you tell me a team. That Kobe won a title with, where his third best player wasn't better than Rajon Rondo. Uh, the last two titles he won. You telling me Metal World Peace two. wasn't better than Rajon Rondo and Metal World Peace almost no. beat Kobe Jared. the year before? No. Jared, first off, Metal World Peace. Jared, first off, Metal World Peace was the fourth leading scorer in that team against Rocky. You you always make it out like it's Metal World Peace team. Like yeah. literally, he he was not close. Like same that was more same badass team than it was Metal World. No, Peace. it wasn't. Metal Secondly, World Peace was the best player on that roster once y'all got hurt. He was not. Secondly, um, if you're looking at that um that Lakers team, Metal World Peace in that finals, averaged eight points a game. So wait, wait, wait. so let's go through this. You're telling me right now, Rajon Rondo is better than Lamar Odom was at his prime. Jerry, Lamar Odom was never a great player. Jerry, Jerry Lamar, like get the hell out of here. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, everybody, I, this is what I love how everything changes. Because here's the thing, for the season, Lakers weren't gonna make the playoffs. They 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 they're gonna struggle. I mean. Then we get to the playoffs. Oh man, they're gonna have trouble with the Trailblazers. Toughest eight. Yeah, nobody said y'all gonna have trouble with the Trailblazers. Yes, Trailblazers. You did. Yes, yeah, you the did. Trailblazers got swept by the Pelicans. Jeremy they got swept I, by the Pelicans. I, Jeremy, I, I literally, I, we were on the group chat. I pulled up the group chat and showed you your your take of saying I'm not gonna pick the Trailblazers, but I would not be surprised if the Trailblazers beat the Lakers. Did you say that? Yes or no? No, I did not. And secondly, I told you that my entire thoughts on the Lakers versus Trailblazers. Where I said they could, they're going to continue to score was based on the Lakers being terrible. It had nothing to do with the Trailblazers being good. <laughs> then, nobody ever thought the Trailblazers were good. Everybody so, looked at the Lakers sir, playing, and said they played awful. Said, nobody said. How many people picked Portland to win the series? Yeah, it's because the Lakers were playing terrible. Uh, uh, everybody's picking the Lakers. To do, and here's the thing: the uh, and, and Jeremy, I'm gonna, I'm going to read your your text from September 1st that you sent in a group chat. Lakers are going to struggle. They might lose. Their defense is based on rim protection and interior defense. Portland is going to shoot the lights out. Then I said, did you see how we played Dane? We took the ball out of his hands. 
You said, nope, but Melo, CJ, and Gary Trent Jr. are going to knock down a b- bunch of jumpers. I'm not exactly. betting it. Look, wait, 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 wait. So, no, no, let, me, let me finish. Who, 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 who are the people betting. that I'm counting on? All right, go ahead. I'm not betting it because Dame has a history of choking, but I can see the Lakers losing. That is your quote. Okay, so now what happened? They lost in five. It wasn't a close series. Then they played the Rockets. Everybody's like, oh, no, it's going to be. You, now I'll give you your credit. You didn't think it was going to be a close series to the Rockets. But you're like, oh, you, but everybody else is like, oh, no, look at the Rockets. Then we blow the Rockets. Oh, now, there was the Nuggets. Look at the Nuggets. Look at how good the Nuggets are. It's going to be a tough yeah. six or seven game series. Now we're about to it's still going to be a six game series. Nope. We're going to beat them in five. And to be honest, oh, y'all, y'all are lucky to win game two. Y'all should, y'all should really be tied 2 2 at best. No, Jeremy. All right. All right, this 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 argument is going to be going for uh, a very long time if I don't bring it back in. So if you, each of you guys make one last point, let's get into some uh, let's get into these bets from last week. Well, last thing you can't say a team's lucky when they lead for forty six minutes of the game. You can say, "Oh, great shot from Anthony Davis," which it was. But I think at the end of the day, when a team leads, how, how often does AD make that shot? AD will probably make that shot three out of ten times. But how often is 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 Jamal Murray going to hit eight straight stepbacks? At the end of the day, and how often are the Lakers going to turn the ball over eight times in the fourth quarter like they did to let them get back in the game? At the end of the day, the Lakers are the best team in the world. The Lakers will be the best team in the world for the foreseeable future. But now, after Jeremy told me, Lakers ain't got no chance of winning the title. Kawhi is going to be the one to win the title. They're going to see how bad of a trade this was getting Anthony Davis because the only difference between the Pelicans the last three years and the Warriors was that Anthony Davis wasn't as good as Steph Curry because Drew Holiday is good as Clay Thompson, and basically the only difference between he, the he basically is Clay Thompson is, is the most over. He's out here. Look, and, and so y'all, y'all now, you telling me the same thing about Paul George when I tell you Paul George? But listen, I was um, I, I accept what I took. I was wrong. You haven't accepted when you're wrong. Now that LeBron is playing with AD, have you been telling me AD wasn't that good? He ain't got that dog as you just brought up in the last. He still doesn't. We still about to win the chip. You're talking about the, the, guy, the guy that had five rebounds yesterday when I bet him the way I have at least nine. Hey, hey guess um, what? Hey, hey. All, all I'll tell you is this. All I'm saying is this. There's a lot of chips. Look, there's Lay's chips. There's Dorito chips. There's chocolate chips. There's championships. We eat. Jared, at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you this. All I heard from Jared was they were playing the Spurs with four Hall of Famers. Now, he got four Hall of Famers. Now, they ain't got no talent. And no, I don't want to hear nothing about where they are in their careers because – because I'll tell you what, Manu Ginobili was nowhere near his prime. Manu Ginobili outplayed his prime. Dwayne Wade during that series. Tim Duncan outplayed Chris Tim- Bosh during that series. Points per game, shots from the field. Kawhi Leonard outplayed LeBron James in this series. Um, Kawhi Leonard averaged 16, LeBron averaged 28, and shot a higher percentage. But okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Ka- Kawhi shot 62% from the field. Please stop. Okay, well, well LeBron shot 58% from the field on 28 points. He did not outplay oh, LeBron. Actually, oh, actually, righty. Oh, righty, He boys. actually shot 52%, but continue. Oh, righty. Let's transition into another topic. Um, let's go back into some NFL. Um, and let's talk about our week two recap of our picks. Uh, Jeremy's up 200 bucks for the week. He's even for the season. Jarrett's up $200 for the week. And he's down $200 for the season. So overall, Jeremy's up $200 total on the season. Um, let's talk about what happened last week and what you guys are expecting uh, to see this week as far as betting is concerned for our viewers who uh, have a vested interest in your betting um, your betting knowledge. So uh, let's start with you, Jared. Um, talk about last week, and let's go through your quick picks for this week. So uh, last week was a good week in the sense that I went 3-2, and two, but it could have been much better. There were two teams that let me down. 
And I here's the thing I tell you guys to do. Find people who you can root against, who you see something in that's not very good, and then thrive on betting against them. And I, I didn't take my own advice. There are really four quarterbacks in the NFL who I've been down on. One of them who I'm, I'm up on a little bit. Jared Goff has played pretty well um, over the first two weeks, although I'm not a huge fan of him. I think Jared Goff is, is a solid NFL starting quarterback. The other three guys who I always tell you to bet against are Matt Ryan, who I call Matt Ryan Lee, who's played really well, but has a tendency to not win big games or to have him choked. The others, I, I've told you for years about Kirk Cousins. And the last one is Missum Trubisky. And those were the games I should have bet. You look at the losses I took. I took a loss because I had the Vikings covering. They were getting four points versus the Colts. I was like, we're looking good in that series. We should be able to co- they should be able to cover four points versus the Colts. Here we go. The, the craziest stat line you're possibly going to see. Kirk Cousins throws three interceptions and gets safety and completes less than 35% of his passes and throws for 113 yards to get beat by 25, lose that game. The other game I bet was I bet the Chiefs versus the Chargers. That was kind of a sabotage because I saw uh, Terod Taylor play the previous week. I was like, they're not going to be able to move the ball that much. And then for the Chiefs defense, and this is awful, awful practice. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, his doctor, team doctor, was injecting him in his rib cage with pain, painkilling uh, medication, and punctured his lung. So then, all of a sudden, Justin Herbert gets a start, which may seem like, oh well, I think Justin Herbert's better than Tyrod. It's not that, but nobody had tape on Justin Herbert, and nobody from the Chiefs was planning to face Justin Herbert. All their defensive schemes were based on the game plan for Tyrod Taylor. So then they didn't end up covering the nine points that I had on the on the podcast. But on a positive note, I did bet their second half number when they were down eight. They came back and covered that. So um, I was able to win some actual money in real life to offset the loss. So with that being said, I was positive $200 uh, for the week. Still down 200 from uh, for the season because the first week I was one and four. But now we're, we, we got this train going back um, uphill and we're going to keep, you know, choo-chooing along, you know, the little engine that could. The Jared, little engine that could. All right, Jared, what you got? Um, I will tell you this, Jared. First off, that's a very, very bad excuse for your Kansas City Chiefs pick. And I'll tell you why. Because the Chiefs got held to 17 points in regulation. So they weren't covering nine points if Tyrod Taylor was playing or not. It was like it wasn't that they, that that old man the Chargers offense looked so good. It was that they their their offense couldn't move the ball, which has absolutely nothing. Par- to do it was partially that, but it was also because of the way the Chargers were playing. They kept the ball in Kansas City's hands. I think if, if the Chiefs get the lead, then you can't just run the ball every play. You have to throw the ball to try to get back in the game, which gives more possessions, which lends to a cover. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. So I'll go through my list because it's uh, a little different than yours, as usual. So just looking at games. Uh, I'm going to look at this 49ers versus Giants game. San Francisco's minus three and a half um, at Giants. I'm going to take San Francisco, mainly because I trust Kyle Shanahan, uh, his play calling uh, with no talent more than I trust the Giants with no talent. Uh, I'm going to look at. Uh, the Tennessee Titans and take them over the Vikings because the Vikings are terrible. They're minus two and a half. Uh, I am going to look at uh, the Panthers versus Chargers. I'm taking Panthers my, uh, plus six and a half. 
Uh, I look at Tampa Bay, minus five and a half at, at Broncos. Tom Brady's always been bad uh, in Denver, so I'm taking that game. And lastly, I am taking the Cardinals, minus five and a half uh, versus the Lions. I think they cover that game very easily. Well, you just ran through your picks. I, I, I thought we were recapping last week, but it's fine. I can get into my picks too. You know, it's let me, let me, let me go into my bag and explain to you guys why I'm going to go 5-0 this week. All right, first game. I'm taking the Cardinals minus 5.5 versus the Lions. Let's be 100% honest. Kyler Murray looks awesome, and the Lions look terrible. The Lions have won the same amount of games in the last two years and two games that they won their last season when they had Caldwell as the coach, Jim Caldwell, and they fired him for going 9-7. and seven. And since then, they're now 9-25-1. So fire Matt Patricia. Anyway. Second game I'm going to pick, and I feel really confident in this game, is Seattle covering five points versus Dallas. Dallas typically plays Seattle well, but Seattle is awful. I ain't not Seattle. Sorry, Dallas is awful. You watch that game. The only reason they got back in the game was because the Falcons went in a prevent when the game was thought was out of reach. I mean, whenever you're up 20-plus points, you think the game's out of reach. They went in the prevent. The Cowboys were able to get a couple scores, and then after they get a couple scores, they get a fluky onside kick because the Falcons don't want to dive on the ball. They don't cover. I expect Seattle to win this game by multiple touchdowns. I got Seattle. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Yep. So, what's more fluky, that onside or four Dallas fumbles in the first in the first quarter? Uh, here's the the difference, though. You can say it's the the fumbles are fluky, but I I, I would also say what's more fluky, a team that doesn't turn the ball over at all. And going versus a team who turns the ball over three times, fails on two fourth down trick plays from special teams, and you know comes back and wins the game. I don't. I don't think the Cowboys are a very good team. They don't get much of a pass rush. Russell Wilson is going to be able to torch that secondary, especially considering their number one cornerback Awuzie is out. And I'm looking at a guy in in uh, Demarcus Lawrence who got paid really big before last season and has five sacks in 18 games. I think Russell Wilson is going to be able to put up monster numbers. I got them covering the five the, the five points, uh, so book that. Next game I'm betting on. I'm betting on my Texans versus uh, the, the Steelers. Look, I know and the shark money has been on the Texans as well, so I can't, I can't you know, just act like it's, it's, you know, because it has nothing to do with my heart. But I'll tell you this. The Texans are in a much more desperate situation, and when you have a much more desperate situation – there's much more likelihood of you being able to, to play well and to be able to call out tr- trick players or different things to get it done. And also, I just don't think the, the Steelers have played anybody. They played a, a close game versus the Giants. Then they played a close game versus the Broncos when all their entire team got hurt. So I'm going to take the Texans plus four points. I got us winning that game straight up. I'm going to take the Buccaneers covering five and a half points versus the Broncos because I think the Buccaneers are just starting to hit their stride, and I feel good about that. Lastly – Lastly, I'm going to take the Titans to cover two and a half points versus the Vikings. Uh. And this is why. Do you guys realize the Vikings already who were terrible in their secondary, who were getting torched, they're starting two cornerbacks are out? Like, literally, they have, like, street guys. Who are, and, and, and shout out to my guy Mark Fields, who played at Clemson a few years ago, who got off the practice squad. Looks like he's going to be a starting nickel corner. But I, I saw last week uh, Tannehill throw for four touchdown passes. And – I've seen teams run across, run all over the Vikings. They got Derrick Henry. I got them covering two and a half points. I got the Vikings. Maybe, maybe if they lose this week and then they lose next week to the Texans, 
Maybe you sit Kirk Cousins and you try to you try to tank for for Trevor. Tank for Trevor, maybe get it done. So I don't Jer- know. Jared's the only one that thinks Trevor is is God sent at quarterback. I saw Trevor last year and I thought mm, he doesn't look that accurate and he looks a little flustered. That was that was, that was my thought when watching him play good teams. Now I, I, I so, you thought you thought that versus Ohio State? I definitely did. I, I I thought I thought he got saved when uh I mean I thought he looked great running the ball. I didn't think he, I mean if, if we're going to draft him to be a running back, I mean go ahead. But at the end of the day, I didn't think he looked that, that impressive against Ohio State either. I thought they y'all weren't the best team on the field, but you happened to win. It is what it is, but we just happen to win every time we play them. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll throw this out about your Cowboy prediction. Hammer that over. Um, it's going up. It's going higher and higher. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, you, you can't bet it. But uh, Jared brought up the Cowboys pressure. You know who really doesn't have pressure? Oh, how about Seattle, who lost their best pass rusher and Bruce Irvin? They don't really have anybody else you can even think of um, that that's going to be able to get pressure on anybody. Um, oh, their secondary already is 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 suspect, and I want to say they're going to be without their top two cornerbacks. Um, so I, I expect Dak Prescott to have all day. I expect them to uh, put up a lot of points. Uh, they have the exact same defense, so they've been practicing against that defense. You saw what he did to the to the Falcons defense last year that or last week. They run the exact same defense as Seattle. Um, and Cowboys, who have uh, their defensive coordinator came from, um, I guess the defensive coordinator from two years ago came from uh, Seattle as well. They also run the exact same defense. So you're going to see a lot of points scored. I expect this game to maybe be 31 to 28, if not higher. Um, so if the if the over is under 55, I'm taking it. Um, well, look, and- real quick on, on your on your take though. I, I agree when you say, oh, look what the Cowboys did with the Falcons. But people people are acting like the Cowboys, one, didn't struggle for the majority of the game. And then when they went to prevent, they got they got it going. And I watched the previous week where they had chances to score. They had six possessions in the second half versus the Rams. And the Rams aren't a great defense. And they didn't score a single point. So the reality of it is. What makes you say the Rams aren't a great defense? Uh, because I watched Carson Wentz put up a whole lot of points on them. Like at the, at, what did he put up, 19? And, and it was way more than than the Cowboys did. So I don't think that the Cowboys are this juggernaut of an offense to where it really matters. I think what's going to end up happening is typically the way the Cowboys like to play is to run the ball with Zeke Elliott. I think what's going to happen in this game is Russell's going to put that lead out so far. Dad's going to have to keep throwing. I think Jamal Adams has a big game. I'm going to call an interception and a sack. And I got them winning that game by 14 points. All right, Jamal Adams has two interceptions in his career, but he called an interception. That's a big call. Um, continue. We definitely need to see what's going to happen this uh, this week. Three is going to be some very very interesting games. I know that I'm going to be tuned in all day Sunday. Um, I'm definitely missing the kind of the Saturday um, NCAA football vibe, but you know it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, definitely looking forward to some NFL. Um, guys, you got any parting thoughts before we get up out of here? Well, yes. Go ahead, Jeremy. You can go first. I'll go first this time. Um, I'd like to congratulate Jared on what he thinks is a, um, is already a title for LeBron. And I will say it should be a title for LeBron. But I will say this. After all this talking, he better win it. Because if he loses, I don't want to hear anything. He's falling on my top ten all the time. I don't want to hear it, Jared. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about a GOAT conversation. I don't want to hear anything about anything that LeBron-related is better than anybody. If he loses to Jimmy Butler or he lets the Denver Nuggets come back, oh, God, you're never going to hear the end of it, ever. Well, let's – 
I, I would like to go back to something. First off, we're clearly going to win. I'm not really concerned about that at all. I've been telling you guys we're going to run through this whole playoffs and nobody wanted to listen. Um, secondly, I just wanted to touch on one comment where you said Metal World Peace was the fourth best player on that, that roster. Metal World Peace was the second leading scorer. He was the second leading scorer all season. He averaged 17 points a game. That series, he averaged 16 points a game. What did he shoot? Uh, I believe he shot 40% from the field. Um, but, I mean, he was going versus Kobe. So, what? At the end of the day, what what what, what did you versus Celtics? Oh, thirty six percent. Cool. Just double checking. Yeah. yeah, I'll just tell you, Rondo's not shooting a high percentage. At the end of the you day, you shoot higher than thirty six percent. Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody was telling me about the Lakers being great. Now all they want to do is hate bars. Jared, quick question, and another thing too. You're talking about the Lakers, uh, who they had, who are they playing against too? You have to look at that. Your your guys have four Hall of Famers, and they're not playing another team that has more than two. Oh, maybe who, even if it's two. Oh, first off, I, I I'm I'm so tired of his four Hall of Famers because we're gonna throw that out. Like Dwight Howard wasn't on a scrap heat for for any team to pick up this offseason. So it's Cam Newton. Like, like no no no, because Dwight Howard's not Cam Newton. We know Dwight Howard's not near his physical prime. Dwight Howard hasn't been an All Star player in seven years, and now we're gonna try to act like oh no, they got the the Hall of Famer Dwight Howard who had to sign a contract with the Lakers that was non-guaranteed because we said, look, as goofy as you are, if you start acting crazy, we want to be able to cut you and not even have to pay you veterans minimum. So now we're going to allow these Hall of Famers as if okay. as if the Lakers didn't beat Dwight Howard with Hito Turner when I was in the final. We're going to so we're gonna, we're gonna pretend like, like uh, Dennis Rodman didn't have a similar contract. I said digress. Dennis Rodman have a similar contract. Dennis Rodman just uh, yes, he he signed a thirty million dollar deal with the Bulls. Yeah, after after he got there and proved himself, Dennis Rodman was on thin ice in the league before he went to the Bulls. They traded for him. He wasn't sitting out there on the scrap heap. Yeah, he didn't miss the season before either. Um, yeah, he led the league in rebounding the year before. I shall digress. Yeah, and then and then guys. In, the, in the finals, they, uh, in the semifinals that, that season, he uh, that defensive player you were talking about gave Hakeem uh, Hakeem gave him. 36-13, uh, five, five assists and four rebounds a game on 58% shooting. But, the greatest center of all time, as I've said. Nah. Well, as always, we like to thank all the listeners for tuning in to us for another week. Uh, thank you guys for staying consistent with us and just listening every week. Really appreciate it. Make sure that you, uh, you like this. Make sure you tag your friends. Share us. We really appreciate it. We're on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Podbean. And our Instagram handle is Amibros underscore podcast. So make sure you follow us um, and we will definitely hit that follow back button. Uh, On that note, I hope you guys have a great weekend. We will touch back with you guys next week. Um, And thank you again. And we out.